Welcome to The Great Unlearn. Join me, your host, Cal, as we dive deep into understanding and unlearning the programming within us. Let's uncover your inner truth for a life with newfound purpose and freedom. Get ready to question it all in The Great Unlearn. Surrender. It's the simplest thing, yet it's so deep because that's the ultimate cheat code for reality. We all have within us, but unfortunately for a lot of us, it's atrophied. And as you're just speaking, it's like, oh God, how much am I holding on to right now? Let's talk a little bit about non-resistance because I know sometimes that can be misunderstood as, as apathy. Everything's good and I'm not going to do anything because I'm just in non-resistance. You know, if you say surrender is more of the feminine energy and then decisiveness or certainty is a masculine energy, you want to actually merge those together. I feel like that's the fastest way to alchemize that and move forward. And that's the definition of trust or surrender. It's you have to take action. If you're not taking the action, you know, inside you're not really trusting. Mm. So it's an active surrender. The action step, I think is a missing element to manifestation for, for a lot of us. Sometimes you just got to say no. You know, sometimes I've manifested the greatest things after I've been taken advantage of or had those experiences because I had to actually get angry to raise my vibration beyond apathy. Tell us about what it felt like in your teens to be dealing with depression and being on a ton of different meds that mm -hmm. weren't working. There's some crazy stuff online about this drug. I called him up and he just yelled at me. He's like, Daniel, you have OCD. Do you have an MD after your name? Just take the pills. But it was such a gift. I was mad at him for a while. But, you know, I, I wrote a thank you letter because it's like, if he wasn't such an asshole, I would be dead. That literally needed to happen for me to snap out of it and say, I'm going to take my healing into my own hands. What are some of the things that as you've been on this journey, you've experienced that you're like, no one's going to fucking believe this. A master I trained with that can materialize things. All these incredible substances that were materialized from another dimension. And she gave me a spoonful of honey. And the second it touched my tongue, it was beyond DMT. It was like... You know, I just started moving. And again, my head's spinning here. She said that she has one of her friends who is, let's just say, extremely old, <laughs> comes and teleports in and visits her. How uh, old is her friend? Hundreds and hundreds of years. <laughs> That's what she says. Fuck yeah. It's really kept under wrap from the mainstream. It's a whole different narrative of reality, of course. <laughs> yes, it is. It's really about freeing yourself. And these are just side effects of that liberation. I've said this before on a few other podcasts, so uh, excuse me if you've heard this, but this has definitely been a long time coming. We've, uh, I've heard so much about you, this is Daniel Raphael today, uh, through one of our really close mutual friends. Peyton's gotten to spend a little time with you. You were part of a tea ceremony out at our special land uh, out in Spicewood. She actually shared that that was the first day you had gotten to town. And then the last day you were here, she was actually with you as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she kind of bookended your trip, which was which was kind of sweet. But um, this is the first time that we've really gotten a chance to drop in. And so I have so many questions. I've heard so much about you and have familiarized myself with your work. And I know that... Uh, the unfortunate thing is we're just going to scratch the surface, but the fortunate thing is, is there's always many more episodes to go. So thanks so much for being here. And, and just the, the little conversation we had beforehand, my head is exploding like, oh my God, I can't wait to press start on this. So thanks for being here, brother. Uh, it's an honor to be here. I'm excited. Yeah. Now you're, um, you have a fascinating journey and we're going to get into that, but today, um, you're, you're planning a trip to Bali. 
I am. And so you're going to be leaving here, uh, leaving Austin and spending six plus weeks in Bali. And so what's the, the kind of, uh, just the purpose of the trip, but what are you most looking forward to when you go there? I'm excited to train with these masters. Uh, that's the main reason I'm going. Besides, so just Bali is one of my favorite places in the world. It's so magical. Mm. Uh, we actually spent our honeymoon there 22 years ago. Wow. Yeah. So we love so it you know. there. Yeah. But I don't know the side of Bali maybe that you know. <laughs> we stayed in a nice resort uh, while we were there, which is what you do when you're on a honeymoon. But I, I'd love to know more about Bali and yeah, what really gets you fired up about this trip. Oh, yeah. Well, the, we're going to spend the first two weeks with this master from India, actually, that's going to be visiting um, with all these tech founders. And he teaches you a meditation where you basically just surrender. And it's the simplest thing, yet it's so deep. You know, I remember the first hour, my first meditation with him, I started crying because I didn't realize how much ego and layers of control were just there, right? Just taught to just accept and and just not do anything, not try to fix anything, heal anything. And it was just profound. Mm. So mm. I'm just going to go deeper with that because that's the ultimate uh, cheat code for reality. And that's it, right? I know yeah. you've talked about this before, but it's really this surrender muscle that that uh, we all have within us. But unfortunately for a lot of us, it's it's atrophied. And as you're just speaking, it's like, oh God, how much am I holding on to right now? Yeah, it's actually a great way to put it. It's, it's a muscle and just like working it out it's actually a superpower. And the more you do it with the law of non-resistance, you just, not only do you automatically start healing and releasing things that are not you, right? The ultimate unlearning, but you stop creating and manifesting situations tied to that resistance because you actually can create karma and situations when you're not learning a lesson. So it's just breathing, relaxing, and trusting that whatever's in front of you right now, even if it's super intense, uh, something you don't want, if you just allow yourself to feel it and move through it without trying to fight it, you learn the lesson a lot faster and you don't have to keep learning that lesson. So the key is, is actually not bypassing those steps, right? There's, there's steps to get to where we are today, holding on to something and to that point of, of, of gratitude for what's been presented, you know, the, the quote unquote obstacle that's maybe holding us back. And so what like, what do those layers look like? And I'd actually love for you, before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about non-resistance because I know sometimes that can be understood or misunderstood as, as apathy. It's like, oh, totally. everything's good and I'm not going to do anything because I'm just in non-resistance. 100%. I like to, you know, if you say surrender is more of the feminine energy, and then decisiveness or certainty is the masculine energy. You want to actually merge those together. So let's say you, you tune in, use your intuition, and it says you need to move here. Then uh, you know that in your heart, and then all this fear and doubt can come up. But if you decide and you're just going to be like, hey, I got this message, I'm just going for it. Then the universe is like, okay, well, you finally made a decision. We're going to help you do that. And if there's obstacles in the way, then you... Don't try to fight them, but you you feel them. You tune into like, hey, what is this teaching me? What do I get to do? How do I get to shift my energy or response? And you move through it and you'll up-level to a whole new level. Mm, yeah, it's so interesting. I'm so glad that that this podcast is happening when it is uh, because on Monday, I started working with a coach that that works in the quantum field and 
as we were going through kind of a meditation, you just used the phrase, go for it. That was, that was the phrase that came up for me. Just, just go for it. And, and as I said yes to that two days ago, it's been really interesting to see the things that have, I guess, come into my awareness, things that are maybe blocking that going forward. And so now just having the, the intention of really going for it, I can now start to identify the, the blocks that I'm putting in my way that are keeping me from hitting that, you know, really what I, what I want to manifest. Totally. Yeah. It's uh, usually subpersonalities. It's these aspects that are not really us, but that come up every time we make a quantum leap. And when you disidentify with it and send it love and realize it's not your true self, I feel like that's the fastest way to, to alchemize that and move forward. And that's the definition of trust uh, or surrender. It's you have to take action. If you're not taking the action, you know, inside, you're not really trusting. Mm. So it's an active surrender. Okay. And that, that, that pings me for um, the... I don't know if you want to call it the the manifestation protocol that that you've spoken about, and I, I know we're we're going to get into that later. But the the action step I think is a is a missing element to to manifestation for for a lot of us. Totally. Like, oh, I this is what's going to happen. I'm going to make lots of money, and there's it's a bit of uh, ungrounded, almost like too dreamy of, yeah, the universe is just going to, you know, this money's just going to appear in my account or there's, there's something that actually there is an initiative that needs to happen. It's a balance. Definitely. Mm. I remember a quick story example is I was giving a talk at a big conference and then I sprained my uh, ankle really bad. Like I could, I could barely walk. Someone was carrying me. And I remember just seeing this, uh, NASA astronaut that said she had a, uh, space age device that can heal broken bones or anything in uh, 15 minutes. And then my, my ego came in and was like, Oh, I got to find her. And then my intuition came in and said, no, just stay in this vibration and go sit over there. And it was a fire with a few people. And I just went there, sat down. And then a few minutes later, this astronaut just walked past me, then stopped. Like she was confused and then looked around, saw me and ended up sitting next to me saw what happened and then gave me the device. 15 minutes later, I went on a run. It was totally healed. Come on. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> There's so many of these stories. It happened. It happened. Yeah. So I had to, I had to just choose my vibration and I didn't have to take a huge action, right? Because uh, the other code of it that I forgot to say is I had to decide like, no, like I'm not, because my mind came in. It's like, oh, it's, you know, someone told me like, oh, this takes a week or two to heal. And I just, inside was like, no, it doesn't have to. And so sometimes you just got to say no. And you got to, you know, sometimes I've manifested the greatest things after I've been taken advantage of or had those experiences because I had to actually get angry to raise my vibration beyond apathy to love myself and be like, I'm done with this. And then amazing stuff happened. All right. So like, let's, let's talk about raising your vibration. What exactly, like practically, what does that mean when you're Please use the example that you just shared. What what is a you know a common way to deal with that? And I think apathy is 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 a great example. But 
you know, what does that process look like for most people? And, and how do you get to that higher vibration? Where do you get to that trusting? Yeah, there's a lot of ways to do it. I'll give you a couple different angles. One angle is realizing you're already enlightened and you're just in a dream. So enlightenment is basically not adding anything to you, but just giving away control of our attachment to a certain limiting belief, stories, uh, et cetera, which are manifesting and creating more of that vibration. So doing the inner work, being aware of it, and then using your heart, seeing its true nature, the root of it, and transforming it, um, which you can do in a few minutes most of the time, something I teach. The other way is to understand the law of vibration. If there's two vibrations in the same spot, for example, if you're having a heartache, but then you focus on just unconditional love and some exciting moment in your life, your greatest dream, and you just hold that frequency in your heart where you're feeling the heartache within a minute or two, as long as you surrender, right? As long as you stay neutral and don't fight it or like, oh, I'm still feeling that. And you just keep breathing and focusing on the positive dream. It's going to raise your frequency dramatically. So those are a couple of ways you can uh, rapidly raise your vibration. Mm, and it's really, so it sounds like it's, it's a, the, the higher vibration is really getting into the heart. And again, that, that kind of surrender, which it, it, it is, I would say it's an, kind of an active process. Yeah. At first it, it could take effort because there's a lot of blocks and soon it can become automated or just with a finger snap when you know the shortcut key, which is kind of like building those neural networks so you can make something go faster. So with time, it gets faster and easier. And that's just back to getting in reps, just trusting in that. And each time you want to go into these kind of lower vibrations, it's just taking a pause, taking a breath, sitting, and really shifting that. Yeah, practice is a huge element. And um, I think even more is just truly understanding the laws of the universe, right? How does reality work? And when you do that, you can leverage those laws to uh, transform anything. Well, let's talk about that. How does, in, in your, in your uh, experience, how does reality work? Well, life is a school. Mm, so I love that. That's the ultimate perspective to take. If you're here, you have lessons to learn. And so whatever's going on, it's a reflection of your vibration or past karmic events. And so it's learning how to stop creating negative karma, clearing what's already in you, and learning to focus, right? What are, you know, there's all these seeds in your garden. Are you focusing on what you don't want to happen, right? If you're expecting your partner to screw up because the subpersonality is trying to protect you from that happening because you were hurt, it's going to happen again to some degree because you're actually feeding that reality. You're magnetizing that to you. So it's actually focusing on what you do want, right? I learned this in this Russian martial arts where you're like fighting with a knife. And most people, if someone's coming at you with a knife, you're going to stare at the knife and then you know, where you focus on, yeah. you got, you're going to get hit. So you actually focus on the empty space. Where do you want to move to? What reality do you want? And then phew, it just magically happens where you, you uh, move past this guy with the knife. Ooh. Yeah. That's a whole talk about a bit of unlearning. How hard, I mean, so as you're introduced to a concept like this, how what are the challenges in, in getting to that place where you're actually looking for where you want to be the space that you want to occupy versus really time trying to dodge the danger? That's a great question. I think the number one obstacle is the subpersonality, the false identity, because what perspective are you taking when you learn something? You know, I remember um, taking my first lesson, fire spinning with the staff and the guy was like, okay, the first two steps 
are easy. And then the next five are hard. I'm like, okay. And then after the first two steps within three minutes, I was doing these crazy moves and all these girls started, you know, volleyball high school team was like, whoa. And I was like, wait, what are the next steps? He's like, oh, I, I was just kidding. Like that was just a hack to get you to learn this instantly. So it's perspective. It's like, who's actually learning? Who's actually in the driver's seat? Is it this five-year-old hurt um, boy that's trying to protect you from being made fun of? Or is it your true self, your higher self? So once you take the right perspective, it, it changes everything. Okay. So how do we get into that, that five-year-old boy? I'm, I'm very familiar with that concept. And I think we, maybe we could, we could expand on just that idea for most people who aren't familiar with it. How do we heal? How, how do you take people through healing that, that version? Yeah, I have a whole uh, training for that. But essentially, you want to learn how the universe works, get that foundation. And then you want to start uh, getting to know the different pieces of you that are acting out. Some of them are maybe happening every day. Some of them only get triggered in a certain deeper relationship. But it's, it's loving them. It's knowing the root of it. And it's learning to integrate it back in you. So you can still talk to them, but they're not going to take the driver's seat. And then you stabilize it. So it's like you download this new operating system where it's like you can use an archetype like the king or the goddess or uh, the warrior, the Jedi that can help you as training wheels. Um, and you just see how can I just stay here more and more so that you remember like this is this is more of who I am. And when these things happen, you can calmly just know how to deal with it. And then the good thing is not only um, do triggers and things move away a lot faster, but then you're not manifesting uh, things at that vibration, at that lower vibration. It's okay to get triggered, but if you're staying triggered for hours and hours and feeding those thoughts, it's going to start showing up again in your reality. And that can create those loops that a lot of people have trouble with. Yeah. So the trigger is an opportunity for awareness that there's some, whether it's an unmet need or there's something there that oftentimes we react to, I just think about in, in my own life, um, in particular with my relationship with my wife, there are these moments where I, I shut down. And one of the things I've identified is from a, from a a young age and, you know, no, uh, to no fault of my parents, but they're, it maybe wasn't welcomed or accepted or encouraged to express my needs. And so that's been coming up a lot more recent. I mean, it's probably happened all the time, but I'm just aware of it now that with, with Peyton, she'll come with her kind of list of grievances and rather than just sit with them accept them, pause, and then let her know what I need. Like I'm missing that step of actually advocating for myself and, and what I need. And I know that it's a, on the one hand, it's a challenging process because it's, you know, I'm 50 now. So there's a lot of years of, of uh, grooving that pattern. But I've noticed as this has come into my awareness that I can recognize it now and I can, I can shift the pattern of, of how I respond and actually, you know, I don't want to say necessarily push back, um, maybe the, the, the correct energy, sometimes it is a pushback, but, but generally, um, it goes from this one-sided thing where I feel like I'm just fucking up mm -hmm. and, and, 
it's so interesting that the language I use to myself is, am I in trouble? And a 50-year-old man generally won't use that phrase. You know, maybe I fucked up, but it's, oh, am I in trouble from this? And it's, I can just identify with that seven-year-old who's just like, did I, did I upset dad again? Did I, you know, cross a boundary or, or do something that was, that made me unlovable and, and, you know, so that's what's coming up for me when, when I hear yeah, that. That's such a common thing. And, uh, you know, what I feel is always good first is to take care of your inner child first, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself in a way, or even if it's for a minute, just hold that part of you and be like, Hey, what do you need? What do you need a reminder of? And you're, then you take a step back and you take the perspective of your true self. And then once you have that enough under, you know, under alignment, then you can be like, okay, I'm ready to talk and discuss this. And then there's also the feminine masculine dynamic, which can be, doesn't mean it has to be a certain gender, but people usually polarize into those roles and the masculine doesn't like to be criticized. They shut off with criticism. So there's a way for the feminine to share it, you know, to sidestep that. And then for the feminine, they don't want to, you know, men want to just fix the problem right away. It's like, okay, what do I, you know, but they just want to be heard and just felt and like, don't try to use the mind right now. Like, I just want to, I just want you to hold me and, and feel this and listen. So the more we can understand how each other uh, want to receive love, um, the easier it gets. Mm, yeah, what's been interesting is that in, in those particular conversations, Peyton comes in with a really masculine force. And, and I take on a bit of the feminine and receiving it but it's, it's, it's imbalanced for both of us. Mm-hmm. So the work for us is really like, how do I still receive, but then, you know, come back in a, a more masculine fashion of, you know, expressing what my needs are. Yeah, totally. That's uh, just creating a, a simple container with a few ground rules. And then, you know, if you hold her, you know, or just express that love in the way that she needs right away, then she'll, she can step out of that overly masculine energy because she just wants to feel safe maybe, or just like, oh, this keeps happening. I, you know, it's bringing up that and don't try to fix the actual issue in that moment. That's not the time to kind of use the mind, right? And then vice versa, you know, it's like if that comes up, it's just learning how to communicate it, just getting in the zone for a minute and then communicating in a slightly different way can do, can do everything. And that's why just getting in the right perspective, like who are you letting drive the wheel when you have that conversation? Mm. We had a bit of an instance this morning and it there was a nice sh- subtle shift in the pattern. Nice. And I, I kind of recognized as I approached it differently that, that Peyton responded in kind and it felt like, yeah, kind of breaking that pattern. So that, that, that all makes perfect sense. But I, I, I really want to get into your background because how you, you ended up here today, not particularly in this spot, but the work you're doing today. Um, I think that if we would have looked back at your kind of late teens or in really any probably period in the teens, we would have bet against this. I think everyone would have bet against it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so look, uh, yeah, please share. Like, I, I know that you've, you were, you know, dealing with a lot of depression there were signs that you were on the spectrum and it was a really challenging time. Yeah. I remember like four years old, I was already depressed 
So <laughs> it happened fast. Yeah. And I was also so sensitive, you know, uh, one of the deepest traumas for me, which I wasn't able to even see till recently, because it felt like me being a douchebag, just owning it was that I was awake in a lot of ways at four and everyone around me was asleep. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to handle that because I was literally um, reading people's thoughts. I convinced a random woman at a uh, hair salon to quit smoking when I was four, explained to her how it was affecting her emotions and the people around her. Um, so I was just, Fuck. I was, I was on, and then I just totally shut off more and more, you know, it just, I just, you know, it, it was so deep that I, I could barely make eye contact with people. I didn't understand reality. Uh, I didn't think I was real. I was so dissociated from my body. I would just stare at people and couldn't move my face fully at times. And, um, I, I had so much anxiety. I could barely go into a grocery store. Like if anyone laughed, even like 500 feet away, I would freak out like, oh, they're making fun of me. Like I had so much trauma and insecurities. And I, I, my heart was so closed off that I forgot what love even was. Was, was there, was there a moment, you know, from four years old on where like that you could identify that really closed it off? Or was it just a series of just like, keep getting, it was a series. There's a lot of emotional abuse. There's a lot of trauma. I didn't feel like I could really have someone to fully trust. So I just, you know, the story that I created was like, no one cares about me. No one loves me. So I tried to change who I was. I started watching reality TV and just got, you know, toxins, you know, all the different layers of uh, fuckery going on on the planet right now um, took me from, you know, a bright child, like we're all made to be uh, to someone that was a zombie. Mm. Tell us about what, what it, what it felt like in your teens to, to be dealing with depression and being on a, 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 I know a, ton of different meds that mm-hmm. weren't working. Yeah. I mean, just, I just got worse and worse and worse. And I, I went to like the best psychiatrist in Newport beach and mm. uh, $300 for 15 minutes. And Fuck. he was giving me like so many different uppers and downers and anti everything. And um, after a few years of that, you know, I was just, I, I had, to, I felt like I just had to be really fake to fit in because there's no love there. There was no confidence. And I was convinced that I was just, you know, a horrible person. And, uh, you know, after a few years of doing that, he prescribed me one that I went, I asked him if there's any side effects I should know about. And he said, no. And then intuition is just like, just Google it. And, you know, there's some crazy stuff online about this, this drug. So I, I called him up and he just yelled at me. He's like, Daniel, you have OCD. Do you have an MD after your name? Just take the pills. And I was just like, whoa, like, whoa. I just felt like uh, emotionally raped a little bit. Yeah. From that, I was like, just because I was giving him all my power, all the money, all like my life, it's like, you have the keys to this car. But it was such a gift. You know, I was, I was, I was mad at him for a while, but you know, I, I wrote a thank you letter because it's like, if he wasn't such an asshole, I would be dead. That literally needed to happen for me to snap out of it and say, I'm going to take my healing into my own hands. And that's what started my 13 year quest around the world, studying with shamans and masters and all sorts of wild characters. Yeah. How old were you uh, when, when this kind of uh, bubbling up happened with the, the doctor? Yeah, around 20. That's when I also had my first spiritual experience and uh, catalyzed me to start my quest. How did that experience unfold? The, my first spiritual experience? Yeah. I was, uh, again, this, this happens a lot with dreams for me. Uh, I woke up from a dream one day and I was so depressed. Like I would stay in bed for days, like just crying. Like it was just crippling. Uh, 
did you have like a job at this point? Were you in college? Like what, what was, what were yeah, you doing? I, I barely you, made you, it through college because I was able to, you know, I could, I couldn't do homework, but I was able to just like read things five minutes before the class and, and get grades enough to, to make it through. My intelligence was still there. My mental intelligence was working to some degree, but my emotional intelligence and ability to, to do basic things was also pretty wiped out. But, uh, it was, it was, uh, no, I think actually for this one, I was, I was still in college. This was the middle of college for me. And this was my first spiritual experience. I woke up from a dream and this voice said, if you go to this place at this time, your life will change forever. And it was a music festival. It was outside lands. And I was at this point so scared to even go to small places. It was such a stretch for me to go. I ended up going with a friend of mine who had an adverse reaction to this prescription. And then I had to like carry her back through thousands of people. Like in my biggest nightmare, like I was scared to be like, excuse me, can I move? Oh. You know, like it was just for me, that was just like the ultimate like hell, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, finally, you know, for like an hour, just getting through this crowd. Cause we were at the front of oh, like tens fuck. of thousands of people. And, uh, let's just say I wasn't sober. <laughs> it was extreme. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, I, you know, finally made it back and I was like, okay, let's get out of here. And then all of a sudden I saw the vision. It was this hill. And there was a six foot five man with a sign that said free energy healing. And my friend, she was like, let's get out of here. And I'm like, wait, no, I got I don't know what this is, but I got to try it. And in five minutes, I just came back. You know, it just, I was present. I wasn't, I didn't have anxiety. I was just at peace. And to me, that was the most profound contrast of my entire life. Do you, do you recall what, what happened? Like, what he did during those five yeah, minutes? Yeah, he basically or? moved his hands doing like a form of Reiki and Qigong combined with chanting. And he started, kept going back and back. So in five minutes, when I opened my eyes, he was like 30, 40 feet away. And it felt like my energy field was just expanded to that degree. So it just, I just got out of my own way and was just there. And it was the most beautiful thing. I don't know what it was. It's like, is this love? Is this enlightenment? You know, and it was just the beginning. But for me, that was so, that shook me so much that I, um, you know, I was about to go to my first class of senior year and I, at the door, I was like, I can't do this. And I just took a semester off, went to India and, you know, learned energy healing and just went on, started this wild adventure. No shit. Yeah. And you've studied with so many different people and in, in, in so many different traditions. And I know it's going to be probably hard to to say these were the, I mean, they're all part of it, right? But what were some of the ones that maybe really helped you level up? Yeah. Into trust, I guess. You know, for me, maybe also because I was manifesting mixes of, you know, good people, bad people because of my trauma and uh, the fact that I didn't really trust humans yet. Um, I kind of microdosed a lot of masters. Uh, the thing that helped me the most, uh, I would say is at first plant medicine, which really allowed me to just connect with myself. It's like, I had to do most of the work myself really. Uh, but then not transcended that, but felt like, um, I was misusing it like a lot of people do. And I connected with my guardian angel and I'd studied all these different scriptures from like Tibetan Buddhism to mystic Christianity, to Kabbalah, all sorts of, uh, different traditions say that we each have an angel that's there to guide us, to protect us and take us to the higher levels. And so I was almost, uh, I thought I was about to die. I was going through this crazy experience, uh, level 10 to the max. And all these people were trying to help me. Nothing was working. And then I remembered, oh, 
let's try to connect with your angel. And I, I called on my angel and said, please help. And it's, and I was like convulsing, you know, like I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. Were you in uh, a, a plant medicine experience? I was, okay. yeah. Uh, something was going wrong. Let's just say that. And uh, it was such a perfect lesson for me. And then I called on my angel and it said, take three breaths. And then by the third breath, I completely stopped shaking and I was fine. And then it started guiding me out of this hell that I was in. And that was the beginning of uh, my relationship with it a few years ago. And uh, it's been the number one spiritual hack for me of anything. Um, it, it guides my decisions. It helps me manifest, you know, the things I couldn't manifest, like true love. Literally was like, okay, on this day, exactly. And two months from now, and then it, you know, I love you. I love you. It happened. No. So uh, it's, I, I'm just so excited to share this with everyone. It's free. You have one. And with the law of free will, you got to ask, you got to allow it in, not just with your conscious mind, but with your subconscious. So seeing if there's anything in the way, like I don't believe in it. I don't feel worthy. Um, so, you know, as you do that work, the miracles happen. Uh, it's, it's incredible. Is, is the, is, is your guardian angel, is it a voice? Is it, uh, an image manifestation that you actually see in, in some ways or like, what is, what does it feel like? Well, there's at least eight psychic senses. So everyone's different and some will activate for different people. So for me, I, I have a lot of them on board, especially clear audience. So I can get direct messages from people, from spirits, et cetera. Uh, but for most people, it starts with just the presence, right? You just feel something you can, you can get a yes or no answer. Um, but Quite rapidly for some people that didn't even think it could happen, they'll get messages. And the, it's about purification, purifying your body, your mind, your emotions. And as you do that, you have more clearance, more access to um, these abilities and uh, this information. Okay. So how, how do we, how does one connect with their guardian angel? So you can just take a minute to get quiet, get in a, a clear state, meditate, and just ask guardian angel, Please come to me, guide me, give me a sign. Uh, you could ask a question like, what do I need to know most? So you just ask a question. You're speaking directly to your angel. And then you just, like watching a movie, you just relax like a little kid and just see what the first thing is that you get. Mm. You want to give it a shot? Yeah. Mm. Podcast studio. That's the, uh, that my understanding and, and, and I'm, I'm working on building a, a, as much as I love this situation here. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do is, as I said, go for it, play, play a bigger game. And yeah, the hit was yes. Like it's, it's within the podcast studio. It's, elevating my commitment to this, you know, kind of medium and how important it's been for me and my growth and my learning and unlearning. Uh, and, and just really committing to it. And even when we've talked about, you know, my wife and I have talked about building the podcast studio. It just, I recognize that that I throw the disclaimer in there. It's like, if I ever stop doing it, then it can turn into a ceremony or meditation space. And, and it's like a little protection in there, mm -hmm. which you know, as I say, this is like, 
one of the things that's holding me back from really going for it is, is like not worrying about any of that part of it. Why am I concerned with what it may become if I don't do this anymore? Or... Totally. And that's great. You're catching it because your soul knows, right? You know, yeah. you might not know all the details, but I see it more of a portal. It's not just a studio. It's going to accelerate your growth mm. to a whole new level because it's just fully optimized for that space. And even more people, it's just taking it to a whole new level because it's, it's an awakening incubation room where you get to be reborn over and over again. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like, all right. And I passed the first test. I know you're not <laughs> testing. <laughs> um, okay. Again, so many different uh, threads to pull on here. But I would say, you know, one of the things, and again, we were supposed to do this yesterday and there was a calendar mix up. And what's interesting is I usually have my, uh, a men's group over on Wednesdays. And so today is Wednesday. I shifted the group to, to yesterday and a few guys came because it was, it was off kind of off their schedule. We, we generally never have new people come because it's a men's group. Right? Yeah. So this is a group of 13 guys. And one of the guys asked if he could bring a, a, a buddy of his. It's like, and I thought about it for a second. I wasn't immediately a yes because I want to respect the container. I'm like, you know what? This just feels right. Well, it turns turns out the guy who came was amazing. And one of the things that we talked about, and I think this is very apropos to the work that you do, and it's 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 part of the work that I've been doing is to get people to go from cognition to intuition and then really understanding when to use the, you know, our cognitive abilities, but really surrendering to that intuition. Um, so I would love to dive into that where, where most of us get it wrong, where we're really up in our head and completely disconnected from that inner knowing and like, what, like, what is your experience with that? And how do you, how do you work with people to, to really allow them to, to, you know, allow that intuition to come forward and guide them? Totally. <clears throat> well, first of all, you know, just to talk about the, the balance of them is important, I feel, because a lot of mainstream scientists and all that today, uh, they just totally discount intuition. They're like, this is not real. And then there's a lot of, you know, uber spiritual people where they throw away the left brain. And they throw away the rational, the logical, which is uh, definitely important and plays a role as well. And so I feel like it's about balancing it and integrating it together. And there's different types of intuition, um, like claircognizance. Some people think that's more of a masculine energy, just an inner knowing, the man tuition. And then the clairsentience, it's a water element. It's more feeling, right? And we all have that one pretty, pretty strong if we allow ourselves to tap in. And so we can combine them and it's basically... Um, not attaching to, oh, I'm not getting a visual, you know. A lot of times clairvoyance comes on later, but you also want to detox your pineal gland, for example. You want to detox your body. Um, and how, do you, how do you go about detoxing your pineal gland? Uh, and maybe just speak a little bit about the pineal for people who aren't familiar with it. Yeah, the pineal is essentially the physical organ that's correlated with the third eye. Um, it's actually um, similar in a lot of ways to the two eyes you have in front of your head, but it's inside. 
and it's uh, it's a factory of molecules like DMT um, that connect you with the spirit world and allow you to see. And I actually just finished a retreat uh, called Vibravision, where they blindfold you and you learn to see with your third eye. So you're you can't see anything with your physical two eyes in front of you. And I was in this obstacle course and I'm actually pulsing my, uh, the Dantian, which is the sacral chakra where you store, um, the majority of your energy and you're getting like this dolphin ping of, I'm seeing all these poles. I'm like, okay, great. And I'm just like rushing through this course. And a few times I made it perfectly by just being able to just feel exactly where everything was through these techniques. So as we develop it, uh, it's training, it's learning how to enhance your energy field so you can feel things farther away from you. You know, most people can feel if someone's staring at you, you know, you'll, you'll feel it. It's, it's energy. It's all there. So it's just enhancing it. It's building up more power so that you can open up these energy centers. And, uh, it's, we were built with, with this. So there's nothing special about me. We are all built for greatness and it's a, it's about unlearning. Yeah. And so how do you, how do you, or how did you, or detox the pineal gland? How do you get the, that outer shell off it so that it's able to... Totally. Uh, certain plant medicines are good for that. If you're guided to use them, of course, always use your intuition. Um, boron, um, food-grade borax helps to pull out fluoride um, if you use it safely. Um, you know, there's other um, herbs and things that people say work, um, but those are uh, the top two that uh, I felt a great difference from. Mm. Mm. Okay, so how how... How do we, you know, what are the practices that, you know, we, that, that allow, because I think for a lot of people, myself, I'll just speak for myself, actually, it, it, it's, I need some sort of confirmation on some level, like the, you know, getting those little reps in and then the trusting, I think, becomes uh, a much easier task than, just like trying to drop into intuition. Yeah. As you build evidence, your belief systems will align with your new intuitive operating system. And it's also about getting into the right flow state because you've had times where you just know something, right? You're like, yeah. And then you can trust it and go. So, you know, when you're not in a flow state, uh, you can either get yourself there or you can muscle test, you know, that's an easy way or ask your body, show me a yes. Remember that feeling, show me a no. Now you can ask like, should I go to this party tonight? And you'll remote view the future because your your body already knows it exists and you know your soul exists beyond time and your body's connected to that and so um, you can make choices that way and, and you'll quickly just quantum leap into a whole new chapter of life because you're not taking so many actions based off your programming and those lower vibrational aspects that aren't really you. Okay, now <laughs> before we go on, I, I do want to circle back to vibe 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 vision. Is yeah. that right? You shared a little bit before we started recording here. That <laughs> blew my mind. Dude, like what, what's the um, the practical use for this? And I guess more specifically, who's currently using this? And how, how are you able to have this, you know, kind of week-long experience that that allowed you to kind of play in these different spaces? Yeah, well, it's it's open to everyone. They do give you a background check, though, because they don't want to uh, train any Sith Lords. You, you have to uh, be a good person and use it for good. 
But essentially, uh, it's based off uh, uh, a lineage from the royal family, one of the royal families in Indonesia. And they were just training uh, people there, including their soldiers on it, uh, basically to be super soldiers in a way. And um, these two brothers, who are incredible, um, who started ViberVision, they got permission from the royal family to take it outside of Indonesia. And so they're teaching uh, groups and they do retreats here and there based in Utah. Um, so it's, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, it's definitely a, a workout. It's intense. You learn a lot of things fast, but it starts working and, and everyone had profound shifts by the end of it. Are you, are you able to share, um, what some of the military training is for these super soldiers, the kind of, the kind of crucible they need to go through to just get to a certain level? Yeah. I mean, I heard a story about one unit where they, uh, they're literally, you know, blindfolded as they jump off a plane and because they have, you know, 3d vision now and they, they take the parachute out last minute and find, uh, something hidden in the earth, you know, at com in complete darkness just to, you know, pass this test. So that's the more advanced unit, but, uh, you know, it, it, it goes wild, you know, and apparently, um, some of these masters, um, can do all sorts of incredible things from teleportation. So, um, you know, I'm not going to train with those people in, in Java, but I am going to meet some other masters there that can materialize things. And I've heard you talk about that before the, the being able to materialize things, but can you talk a little bit about being able to teleport? Like practically, what is, what does that look like and how, how is that able to happen? So I haven't trained with, uh, someone that can do that. Although uh, a master I trained with that can materialize things. She is this elderly woman that literally had all these incredible substances that were materialized from another dimension. And she gave me a spoonful of honey. And the second it touched my tongue, it was beyond DMT. It was like, you know, I just started moving and changed my posture. And I was like, Oh my God. It, it, it just like, it was like a million sparks of light just like cracked open in me. And she said that she has um, one of her friends who's let's just say extremely old <laughs> comes and teleports and, and visits her uh, several times a year. How uh, old is her friend? Hundreds and hundreds of years. <laughs> That's what she says. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, there's even documented cases of this in, in China and all these things, but it's, it's really kept under wrap from the mainstream. It's a whole different narrative of reality, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. Damn. Okay. Dude, you got, you got me again, my head spinning here. Yeah. Um, well, she says the first rule, you know, this is what she taught me is to stay at 12 o'clock. So for anyone interested, uh, it's really about freeing yourself. And these are just side effects of that liberation. Uh, staying at 12 o'clock, imagine a clock and you're just staying here. So you're not letting yourself get out of your center, right? Someone yells at you, just stay in your center. Doesn't mean you bypass the feeling, like feel it. But remember, like you're in the, you're in the chair. And, you know, it's your, it's your life and it's teaching you. And if you start forgetting, you start going into the movie, you know, like when you watch a movie after a few minutes, you're like, you forget you're in a movie theater, Yeah. but you want to stay in that, in that neutral position. And the more you do that, you stabilize that, then you can go to more advanced things and just pull stuff through because you're, you're not resisting. You're not efforting. You're just allowing things to happen. Okay. So, so Again, you, you haven't teleported no. before, 
But only in my dreams. What <laughs> what 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 are some of the things that as you've been on this journey you've experienced that you're you're like, no one's gonna fucking believe this. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot, but are there a couple at the top that that maybe will blow some people's minds? I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of skeptics, which is great. Great. And I know that that uh, you've you've probably done a lot of work and just allowing that skepticism to not take you off your center. Yeah, probably not been easy though. I remember when I was I just got a I've never shared this before, but when I was like uh, exclusive my like early it. early teens, I was again I didn't I wasn't spiritual anymore. I kind of forgot everything, but some of it was just there, and I was just uh, you know I was like I wonder if this will work, and I literally just grabbed my sister's soul and like threw it through the wall into my room. I was in her room. And then she was like, Oh my God, I'm in your room. And then she like snapped back. So that's kind of like <laughs> two little puppies playing that are oh, wizards. Shit. I was like, not knowing what I was doing. <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't think I should do that again. That's probably not the best use of this, but. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh God. Yeah. I mean, the coolest thing though is, is facilitating transformations in minutes. You know, I always, I take people on stage or in my classes be like, give me, what's the deepest, most challenging block you have in your life right now. And usually within five minutes, maybe 10 max, it's completely transformed. And it's just about knowing how, how it works. So give me an example of someone presented with, this is the thing. And then how do you take them through that process? Yeah. And I actually have free classes online. People could just do it themselves, but essentially uh, the first step is to feel your body. Like where is it located in your body? And then you can use energy to reveal the root of it, right? It could be because you're triggered at your partner, but it's really because your mom yelled at you when you were five and didn't let you express your needs. So then you can either go to a memory or just connect with that part of you, that, that aspect. And it's just love and awareness. What is, what do they need to hear right now? You love them, you stop resisting it. And then with your awareness, you see that it's actually, uh, you don't need it anymore. You don't need that part of you to protect yourself. Um, and then you alchemize it, you recode it, and then you integrate it, you embody it, which could be playing with a new archetype or, you know, working out every day or things that's going to grow the muscle that was weak from the situation. And then you just have that complete transformation. And that's a lot of the work. I mean, you, you have a lot of offerings for people. And I know, um, is it, is your website dreamporting? Yeah. Dreamporting.com. Okay. And so what are, what are people going to find when they go there? Um, there's free classes. There's uh, a membership. People could just uh, join live and a bunch of recorded classes. And uh, the quest is basically the flagship program. It's under 30 days, how to just completely transform your life. We've had people like their face changes. Like it's pretty crazy. And it, it uses hermetic magical techniques. So these are things in ancient mystery schools that you would use to gain psychic powers in just a few days or things like that. It's reprogramming yourself when you're awake and before you sleep. So in the dream world, um, you don't have to lose a dream. It's, it's literally like your soul is doing things for you in your dream. So it's an acceleration of evolution while you learn to manifest and just get the different parts of your, your life aligned. And then I have the mastery uh, certification course, which is uh, for people who just want the complete transformation and to learn how to do this for themselves and other people. Okay. So the, the, the dream part's fascinating to me. And we talked a little bit about before, before we got on about dream magic, but I had the conversation with my daughter the other day, just kind of complaining about dreaming and 
like that doesn't uh is very not accepting of the dream state and you know to someone like her right or others who who don't and even myself i i don't for the most part really understand the dream world and in and what it has to offer it's like what like let's talk a little bit about dream magic and then what's available to us in that in that kind of dimension. I'm still learning myself. Uh, an easy thing everyone can start is, is it's like you have an assistant, give your soul a to-do list before you go to bed. So you can just connect to your soul or if you rather your angels or the divine and ask, you know, heal this relationship with this person, share with me a message in my dreams, um, help me heal my body so I wake up more refreshed, uh, get me confident for my talk tomorrow, right? So you, you, can, you can do a few things and then see what happens. And the key is you want to feel it and be decisive. So you're saying it like, you know, at a waiter at a restaurant, you know, like, uh, I think I want the gluten-free sandwich, but I'm not sure. Do you think I'm worthy of you taking it for me? You know, yeah. you got to just choose and feel like it's already done. And what's, the, what, what's something recently that, that you've, you know, offered before you've gone to bed that, has helped given you clarity? Uh, well, I wasn't sure where I, I wanted to move. Like I, I said, in Costa Rica, I was living on the beach. It was beautiful, but something felt a little off. And I asked the divine, show me where I meant to live in my dream that night. And then that night I had a lucid dream where I was in Austin, and which I was not expecting at all. Had you spent much time here before that? A couple of weeks, maybe. Okay. Off and on, yeah. Uh, and so within three days, I was on a flight and I, and I came here without having a place to stay without knowing what I was doing, but I just trusted. And literally at the airport, uh, someone texted me that was driving by the airport, didn't even know I was flying to Austin, picked me up, a friend of mine. And it was just like synchronicity after synchronicity, which shows you like, you you know, universe loves, loves to reward you. It's like great work. Yeah. You trust it. You had doubt and you did it anyways. And what did you find when you came to Austin? What was that experience like? Or what has it been like? I found an incredible community. Uh, just so many people that are balanced. They're physically healthy, low egos, open hearts on this path of uh, freedom and and love. And it's been incredible. Mm. You feel like you're going to put some roots down here or? I think so. Yeah, I'm going to travel this summer and I think I'll ask one more time in my dreams. Like where, where should I put roots down? It's a good time to travel from Austin. It's yes. a little warm. Yeah. Yeah. It does. <laughs> and I know that you're, you really take great care of your body and, and detoxing is an important part of that um, process for you. So what, what are some ways that, you know, that you maybe take care of your body in ways that you didn't before? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely exercising more. Uh, I've done a lot of detoxes and experimented with that a lot because I had a lot of toxins and heavy metals in my system that wasn't making me think clearly. You know, I would get triggered all the time and I, I didn't have access to all the consciousness that I do now. So I think detoxing the physical body is extremely important. And it's also, you know, our physical body is just part of our actual body. We have our emotional body and our mental body. And so uh, you can actually purify all of those aspects and they work hand in hand. You know, when you heal an emotional issue, a part of your body will most likely heal and, and get healthier as well. So I like to 
work with all the layers, what, what I find is that's the accelerated path to health and freedom. And are there, are there some particular, let's call them supplements or protocols that you'll do on a regular basis to keep that vessel clean? Yeah. I mean, I've done some, some intense ones, so I don't want to recommend that to everyone, which, you know, mm. from a 12 day water fast, you know, using ancient script, you know, from the Dead Sea Scrolls, working with angels to purify all those layers. Uh, but there's, you know, just supplements you can take every day to detox you. Uh, I think everyone's so different. So mm. I would muscle test or just use your intuition uh, to, to find if and when and what to use for your next cleanse. Uh, Cause there's so many different options and my paradigm of health keeps shifting, you know, like just recently I learned about oxalates and how a lot of the top health foods like almond, spinach, and kale are actually the highest level in oxalates, which are the defense mechanism of plants. And uh, so I just cut all that out. Yeah. And in the first uh, two months, I lost 15 pounds of fat. My brain got twice as clear and I'm like, whoa, this was blocking. This was creating so much inflammation in my body. So I, I just keep learning. It's incredible. Yeah. I've heard a lot about, you know, the, the, that kind of cruciferous family of, of vegetables, broccoli, kale, spinach, that, that they're really hard on the system and they're, they're obviously put on a pedestal by. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's in, you know, my son who does such an amazing job of, of making his own food and eating really healthy, but he, he's really connected to broccoli every day. And I'm just like mm -hmm. trying to nudge him like, let's, let's mix in some carrots or something. And just to try to shift away from, because in his mind, it's super healthy. It's broccoli. What could go wrong? But I know from, from what I've read and experienced that it's like, there are, again, don't, don't believe everything you read and really kind of tune into yourself of what is meant to, to work with you. Totally. I mean, animals have claws and teeth and defense mechanisms, but plants have, you know, oxalates, leptins or different acids that are meant to ward off predators to protect them. So it's just, when you understand that more, it's, you know, seeing, you know, what are you actually consuming? There might actually be some great health benefits to some, some plants. And then there's also the other side. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're, you're from our mutual friend. I heard you're a big potion guy. <laughs> so you make some of your own potions? I do. I do. Yeah. I love, uh, I have a smoking blend. I have uh, some, you know, just blends to clear your energy, help you manifest. And it's been a hobby of mine for years. I actually started when I was four, you know, up in preschool, everyone was, you know, playing ball and doing normal things. And I was by myself just collecting rocks and crystals and plants and putting them together and talking to animals. So yeah, I think I just maybe was doing this in another life and it's just continuing forward. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, um, what would you call the smoking blend that you brought today, which we, we had in the volcano was amazing. What, what exactly was that? Yeah. So it's, it's a blend of a few herbs like blue lotus and a uh, thing most people don't know about are these two uh, herbs or spices that are called uh, Himalayan galangal and Himalayan turmeric. So it's actually a different species than the, the normal turmeric that you get for cooking. 
And it's like a psychic turmeric. It helps you uh, improve your intuition. And so it balances the hemispheres. And uh, you basically, uh, you know, when I use it, I get instant downloads. I get, I ask a question, I get information, right? I think you did too. And you tried mm. it. Yeah, mine, I'll share, I'll share mine. Mine was um, surrender, surrender to, you know, the work that, that Peyton and I are doing right now. And there's, there's still that kind of wall of resistance of uh, protecting myself. And I noticed a hint of me starting to surrender earlier today. And it was just like, they came through like, just yes, like more of that, like trust. But that's it. Yeah. You got this. So it's one for one. One for one. <laughs> yeah. Um, how can people work with you? Is there one-on-one -on -one work as well? Do you do groups? What does the in-person look like? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just doing a little bit of one-on-one -on -one now because there's just a lot of people I want to support. And so main ways are just taking one of my classes and uh, I do occasional retreats as well, which are really fun. What's a retreat with you look like? Uh, you know, last one was at my house, kind of like Hogwarts. And <laughs> you basically just, you know, you make a wish, like, who do you want to be? And in three days, you're that person. And uh, whatever's in the way, we support you in dissolving and we help you bring that light into your body so that you're you're really becoming who you are, your true self, and you're not operating from those lower aspects. So it's a, it's a metaphysical makeover. <laughs> oh, and perhaps when you're back in Austin in the, let's call it the fall, you may be putting another one of these on. I think so. Yeah. And how many people would know. attend something like this? Uh, it, it depends. You know, last one was, uh, was more of a intimate, um, container, which is about 25, but I feel like I want to do a really big kind of, not as big as Joe Dispenza, but sure. you know, just get, just get a huge group of people to transform together. And we have a lot of incredible people that have trained and, and want to help too. So, and so, yeah, you'll have some support while you do something like this. Yeah. We have the mermaids and fairies and wizards and all sorts of mythical creatures that love to support. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. And you'll have to attend to find out. Let's talk about the, the manifestation uh, protocol process um, that, that I know you shared on, on a piece that I watched earlier, but I'd love to just kind of have you take people through what it actually, you know, in your experience, what the steps are to manifestation of what you really want. Yeah, there's a few keys. Uh, certainty is number one. It's really just you have to decide and just have full faith. So it doesn't matter if you don't have the money yet. It doesn't matter whatever doubt is in the head. If you're getting an inner knowing to choose something, then you got to choose it, right? It's like the analogy at the restaurant. You got to tell the waiter exactly what you want for you to get the food. You don't have to know how the chef is going to make it, right? But you just know like, this is what I want. Mm. And so, and the next step is surrender. It's about trusting, listening you know, sometimes I, I wake up and I meditate and I'm like, who should I connect with today? And it will give me a name of someone that I haven't talked to in years. And then their friend is the exact person I want to hire or work with or whatever. So uh, harnessing your intuition so that you're letting the universe, the universe wants you to get it. It's giving you the signs that you got to get out of the way. And, you know, it's like, I'm too tired, but something's telling me to go to this 
park right now, you know, then a few times you just run into someone incredible just because you know, you're meant to go. So it's, it's letting go of the how, letting go of the, uh, you know, the doubt and just going for it and um, really feeling it in your heart. You got to really, uh, you know, like the first time I, I tried this out so many years ago, uh, I manifested being in this uh, rock show and I, I was not a professional musician at all. It just happened out of nowhere. It was almost like, whoa, this is unreal. But I just, and I just chose it. I was on the beach with a friend and I just jumped up and down and felt it. It was like, okay, it's happening. It feels so good. And I just got blissed out, right? Um, mm. And then three months later, I'm touring in Vegas with this band, um, this famous band. And it, it was the heart. It was this feeling like it's already done. You got to smile and the mirror will smile back because most people think they need to do things and just in the physical, the realm of effect, but we, we have little power here because it's already manifested. Everything starts in the realm of cause, of causality. So in the 3D realm, you got to see it to believe it. But in the mm. realm of cause where we have all our power, We've got to believe it to see it. Mm-hmm. Damn. I know action is the, we talked about this earlier, but action is the place where a lot of people get stuck because it is, can be a bit of a, a whimsical thing that we want. But, you know, that decisiveness, I would say, and that, that, that trust and acceptance are, are important my assertion would be that a lot of people don't do those, those next steps to clear the path. Yeah. A lot of people get stuck. Uh, the obstacle is the way though, right? It's, it's being like, okay, what, what lesson do I have here? Do I need to make a new agreement with this relationship or do I need to say no to something or do I need to forgive? Right. So it's just trusting that everything that's happening is preparing you for what you've asked for. And when you look at it in that lens, you don't have to create extra suffering and extra story around it and be like, great, this is my test so I can manifest this house, right? It's purifying you. It's got to raise your vibration somehow to match it. So the faster you surrender and just embrace whatever is showing up in the moment, the faster you can materialize or receive your dreams. Again, I, I want to I drill down on the surrender piece because I know that in my life, and you mentioned Joe Dispenza, um, just, just really trusting and letting go of the how and the when and the where because we're so i think as as we've been you know entrained by our society there's certain steps you need to take and there's a goal we're going for and we're trying to navigate that again with our head versus just trusting that there's there's a way it's going to happen and for our, you know, really our ego to get out of the way and allow that path to really unfold before us. And I think that's, that's a big part in my experience where when I've gone the strategy route in trying to land a particular outcome that I think is going to be best, it's super challenging. Um, and if I do get to that point, it never feels as good as I thought it would. And when I've just stayed in the energy of, of, of doing, saying yes to the things that are really aligned and no to everything else. There's a path that, I mean, I can't help but walk it because I'm just trusting mm-hmm. in that process. And then I, I find myself on an outcome and it's generally not even an outcome, but in a space 
because it no longer becomes about that finality of that point in time that I'm trying to land on. It's just all these amazing people and experiences show mm. me that yet yeah, it's like affirming to that process. Totally. Yeah. It's just the balance of, of the masculine feminine energies. So a lot of people like they write down a list of what they want in a partner and then they manifest it. And sometimes it's like, Oh, I forgot to add this clause here. So I got to do it again. But uh, <laughs> you don't want to attach to an actual person. So then you can add that to the list. And what will happen is if you, you send that to the universe, that person sometimes will magically now respect what you have to say or whatever they weren't doing, or they'll move out and someone at a higher level will come in. Right. So that's the universe's job. It's self-organizing. You don't want to attach to specific form or people. Uh, you want to just, but, and you want to be super specific on the parameters of what you actually want to manifest. So you expect miracles, but you don't expect it from a, a certain person. And that's the healthy tension that creates the manifestation at the optimal uh, trajectory because you're letting divine mind, you're letting the universe give you something that's beyond what you can even imagine. Mm. Well, with the, with the idea of surrender in mind, you know, given the current state of affairs, world affairs has been challenging. It's been beautiful. There's a lot that's, that's, I think, come to light in the past couple of years. You know, what do you say to people? What does it mean to surrender to what's happening right now? Because I think a lot of people, I've got to do something. You know, I've got to stand up or I've got to protect this. Every, every, you know, I feel like uh, in a lot of ways, they're, they're asking us to choose sides. And I think that's where it becomes really sticky for a lot of people um, is, is us versus them. And so how, how, do, how do you maintain this kind of open-hearted space when you look around at what's going on and, and the Sith Lords are, are, are <laughs> getting their way in, in some ways and, and obviously, or maybe not obviously, but I feel like they're losing their grip as well. But what do you say to people who are in this a bit of cognitive dissonance of a, what the fuck is going on right now? And there's no way what this conspiracy theorist is saying is true. And when we've found that there is a lot of truth in, in what people are pushing back against, but like, how, how do you not be apathetic? Yeah. How do you stay in that state of critical thinking with an open heart and just really emerge from, from this experience in maybe the, the, the best possible way. Yeah. There are concepts like you need to do something now about this. And there's intuition, which could say, uh, you need to take care of yourself this month and rest and recoup your energy. And then next month, share this message with the world. Reality works in cycles. The law of rhythm is one of the universal laws and everyone's different. Everyone has different missions. So it's really about surrendering could mean, you know, starting a movement. Surrendering could mean uh, just going within for a month in a cave and just uh, getting more clarity. So it's letting go of the pressure of, of concepts, which are just illusions of the mind, and really tuning into what is your soul guiding you to do. And when you take action on that, now you're trusting. Now you're actually surrendering to your higher self and letting the magic unfold. And the more people do that, the more beautiful world we create. So tell me this, what was the hardest part, if you could distill it down over the last couple of years, 
where you fought about maybe some of these tensions around concepts and what you quote unquote should be doing. Um, where was there a point where you really just had to sit with, you know, this kind of old paradigm of how you were wanting to react. And then you had this awareness to shift, like what, what's been, yeah. What's been yeah. on the last couple of years for you? <laughs> well, for, for me, I, I had to really walk through the fire because I had so much programming and, uh, such deep trauma from a child. I had to many times go through extreme initiations to wake up and realize, oh, wow, I'm, this part of is, is acting out this way. Um, and it's impacting myself, other people in ways that aren't good. And so um, I, I didn't learn about the laws of the universe. I had to learn the hard way, even though I was on the spiritual path and doing all these things. So, you know, what I see now looking back is, you know, even if you're spiritual or think you're doing good, just where is it coming from? Whereas, because the seed, the energy of if you give a gift or if you're, you know, saying something could be from a different place. And so it was really like connecting with my source of what, who is it that I really am and what is it that I'm here to do? And the more I was purifying myself and uh, expressing myself through that, the more beautiful the world became around me. Mm. And so it was really just, uh, it wasn't a one-time thing, but a lot of layers of realizing who I'm not over and over again, just burning down the house until there was nothing left. And that seems scary, but it was actually the most liberating thing. You know, and I'm still on, the, on that path. It was more of a metaphor, obviously. Mm. Uh, there's more layers, but, uh, you know, it's scary to think what happened if those layers didn't come off. For me, it's like, I'm not scared anymore of doing this work. I'm, uh, it's, it's scary to think what would happen if they were still here. You know, I probably wouldn't be alive right now. Mm. So it's really... Um, diving into to the inner work and trusting that these lessons are here to be transformed, to not judge them, not blame yourself because you've picked them up from TV, from your grandparents, I mean, all sorts of ways, but just trusting that it's like, it's your lesson to to transform and to follow the guidance. And you find that sweet spot where you're, you're being neutral, yet you're taking a step on your path. If I could ask you now, what do you feel like today, you know, is your work to do in the world? The thing I'm most inspired about is to uh, create an animated show so that millions of people can learn the laws of the universe, learn how reality works, how to work with energy. Because it used to be the greatest challenge of my life. And now it's, I hate to say it, but it's so easy. It's so fast. And what's hard is just seeing so many people struggling with it. When it's like, it's kind of like the Rubik's Cube. You're like, oh, this is so complicated. But then you see that little boy like... You know, like that's, I still can't do the Rubik's cube, but yeah. for me, that's like people's deepest blocks and issues, you know, and I've, I've spent uh, over a dozen years, just most of my time, just practicing and doing that for people and learning how to do it faster and more efficient and deeper and more permanent. And so I'm just excited for everyone to have this knowledge, you know, um, it shouldn't be where you have to pay someone a bunch of money just to do it. It should just be free access. So that's why, um, you know, with my other class and stuff, I've been fundraising so that I can just make this animated show now for everyone. So that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah. So where, where are you in the stages of, of developing this? Um, well, I have a, a Netflix producer actually coming to my birthday. You might meet who's giving me yes. some advice, but um, I've, I, I have it inside of me and it's, it's really just uh, finding the right animator now to create the first episode, which I'm so excited about. Oh, that yeah. sounds dope. Yeah. And so I didn't see that coming. That's really cool. Have you, ever done anything in production to, to that degree before, or is this like totally? Well, I actually went to film school, but I was so depressed and sick that I could, I really like, 
didn't learn or do that much. Um, I could I could barely function. You know, my thesis, I had to write a whole screenplay. I, I was prescribed Adderall and literally 24 hours just wrote the whole thing and it was crap, you know? But I was I was smart enough to just get by. Yeah. But I wasn't, so it's like, that was my passion. And then I, I had to let it go. Like, I need to I need to heal. I need to get online first. And so it's it's a full circle now of actually combining those two passions of, you know, awakening and film together. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. And, 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 and we'll just wrap with this because I know one of your other passions is cooking. <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, I was told to ask you about your, your recipe book. Yeah. Our friend wants that out. Uh, that's, that's in the works. I, I, it's funny cause I, I never follow recipes. I just feel like <laughs> it's not fun. <laughs> so I don't know how I'm going to do a recipe. So you book, literally but, just, how does that? So it's intuitive, you know, you can, you can have this spice and you just, I just shake it. and I do it really fast. Cause it's easier to get out of my mind. I'm like, stop. And then you just like put it down, you know? And then if you're in the flow state, you know, you don't have to change anything. Sometimes you have to tweak a little bit, but I like combining all these flavors, not just flavors, but uh, magic potions and herbs. So it's functional, you know, and that's why, you know, I'll try my birthday cake, yeah. which is, you know, it's like blue Lotus frosting and, you know, just the wildest things in there. Or she just like some baking as well. A little bit, just, just, just birthday cakes. I, yeah. I you know, <laughs> wizards from, you know, hundreds of years ago, they used to make magic cakes and they would put special spices in them and bless them with certain uh, spells and energies. And then, you know, for example, a married couple would eat it on the wedding day and it would create harmony and they would stay together um, because uh, it's literally protecting you from negative thought forms or uh, spirits, you know, that's what they would say in the book. So it inspired me to, to kind of do that at times and it's fun. It's great. Oh, it sounds like it. So you're just <laughs> lit up talking about it. Yeah, I, I love it. And then he, he, he said to ask you about um, the cleanup. So, yeah. So this is a, a mutual friend that I lived with for a few months. <laughs> I was waiting for one of those questions. So yeah. I, my, everyone has a cleanup chakra and mine, I think it's, it just got lost somewhere. Yeah. I'm still healing my cleanup chakra. So uh, sometimes I have people help me. And uh, sometimes he would yell at me and then I would clean up. So there's always a work in progress. <laughs> I feel like if you're going to do the cooking, you, you need someone to take care of the Usually, cleanup. But you know, when I cook, it's like a Tasmanian angel. It's just, there's like 20 things. I just go for it. It's, like, it's just, it's the craziest mess for some reason. So I think my next level is learning to just stay organized. And I don't know. I, don't know, no? sound, I like the chaos little, aspect. Maybe the chaos is good. Feels like you're just you're tapped into something. I think well, if you we'll put have to too send much him this podcast, you, you tell him that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm happy to help with the cleanup. I do a decent job with it. I mean, Peyton may argue in some points, but generally I'm pretty good about it. It takes a village to bake a cake, right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Is there anything else um, you think would be important to share about your work? Um, I know we talked about how people can work with you. Is, is there anything else that's coming up for you right now? Yeah. I mean, these stories were just to inspire people. There's nothing special about me. Uh, it's really just to get you excited to realize your potential, uh, to unlearn all the limitations and paradigms that are totally false. And uh, as we move out of the dark ages to the golden age. So I'm just excited to um, share some codes. And if anyone's interested, you can reach out to me on Instagram, Daniel Raphael, R-A-P-H-A-E-L and the number one or dreamporting.com. Awesome. And we'll link to that in the, in the show notes. And yeah, man, thanks so much for coming on today. So it's, good. it's been, uh, 
it's a really beautiful kind of uh, turn because what you're talking about are, are a lot of the concepts that that I you know try to play with here and um, just to give you know almost like give people permission to to play in that space and I think you know your experience it gives people a different perspective and a different lens it's like this is what it means to like really go for to really trust. Um, and so thank you for being here, man. It's great to have you. Oh, I'm just getting started, but thank you so much. Yes, we'll do it again when you come back. <laughs> much love, brother. You've been listening to The Great Unlearn. For more information, check out the show notes or head over to thegreatunlearn.com for additional episodes and information regarding events, retreats, and the TGU store. If you like what you heard today, please click subscribe and share this with friends who might enjoy our platform. Don't forget to leave that five-star rating and review as it really helps us spread the love and unlearning. You can find me on Instagram at cal.callahan and on YouTube under The Great Unlearn. Thanks for listening to The Great Unlearn and we'll talk soon. No, no different, only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned.